On today's episode, we talk about my favorite stand-up comedian and the worst comedy special he ever did. Then, we flip the switch and talk about a stand-up comedian who I consider to be one of the worst and the best live performance I ever saw him do. Let's get to it. It's your worst favorite podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode one of your worst favorite podcast, a show about the best of the worst and the worst of the best with everything pop culture. I'm your host, Daniel Eaches. You have no idea who I am. Probably. Unless you do know who I am. But you probably have no clue. Talking to you, Mom. Uh, I, uh, I, I should tell that I, I want strangers, obviously, to listen to this. Otherwise, it's going to be the four people who like my Facebook statuses. What, what, why is that with Facebook? I feel like everyone's on Facebook. And yet I feel like I get the worst traction. I get like the same three people on Facebook every day. Am I not controversial enough? Is that what it is? That's what it feels like. Anyways. Uh, I want strangers to listen to this, obviously. People who've never uh, heard about me before. A little bit about me. This is so hard, by the way. Talking about myself. I, I do stand-up comedy. People ask all the time. They're like, what do you what do you joke about on stage, huh? What's your thing? Like, what do you want me to say? Be like, oh, I'm the hot dog guy. I only talk about hot dogs. That's my whole thing. I uh, hope that I can't be uh, defined like that. Uh, I just talk about whatever I want to talk about. By the way, if you can hear that plane right now, this is the neighborhood that I live in. It's all old people, okay? You'd think it'd be like the it is the quietest neighborhood in terms of like crime rate and all that. Like nobody breaks into anyone's house. It's the type of neighborhood where literally I could walk next door and ask for a cup of flour. I have no I have no idea what I would do with that. Flour. What do you even use flour for, by the way? Like, I, I know how to cook some things, but that and, like, baking soda, I have no clue. I like to think I'm an intelligent person, but I have no literal clue what baking soda is used for, other than that it's the main ingredients in poor people toothpaste, and if you feed it to a pigeon, they explode. <laughs> That's all I know. Anyway, I keep getting off topic here. Uh, I was going to say that there's a lot of noise in this neighborhood. There's constantly, people do yard work. None of us are on the same page in this neighborhood about when we're doing the yard work. It's like, oh, did you finish yours? Okay, I'm going to start mine now. And just all day long, someone is mowing somebody's lawn. <laughs> Grass is getting cut constantly in this neighborhood. And, um... It destroys my allergies every time. Well, creates the allergies. You know what I mean. I don't know. Maybe baking soda fixes that stuff. I'm not sure. So there's a lot of noise, and it doesn't help that my roommate, uh, because I have a roommate, uh, plays the drums all day long. That's his thing. I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. No, I take that back. I would. Anyone, any... Any person out there who has an ag aggressively loud car, that's my only wish, is that you end up with a neighbor who plays the drums. 
just just to give you that taste. And I'm not talking about if your car is naturally loud because somebody stole your catalytic converter, which I wouldn't know about because I have a safe neighborhood. But if you have a car that you just purposefully made loud, which that's, there's no bigger pet peeve of mine than somebody who's going 10 miles an hour and their car is screaming. It's ridiculous. I hope you have a neighbor who plays the drums, all right? I don't know what I did in life to deserve it, but that's my situation. So sometimes it may get loud on here. I don't know if I'm going to have to pause. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. This is my first podcast ever. Why am I starting now? I don't know. Every every comedian has a podcast. I felt like I didn't want to do it unless I felt like I had something to say. I think there's too many comics who are like, is that, that's what you do? You have a podcast? All right, I'll do a podcast. And half the time, it's just them being like, I'm going to talk about my day. That's what this podcast is about, talking about my day. And it's like, you don't need a podcast, man. You need a girlfriend, all right? You need to sit down and have dinner at a set time and explain away why you hate your day job. Um, That's not what this is about. What is this show about? There is a theme. It's called Your Worst Favorite Podcast. How it's going to work is that every week we have a different theme, and it's always pop culture centered. You know, movies, music, theme parks, Smurfs. I don't know what the kids are into. Each episode has a different theme. It's mostly going to be me, but occasionally I'll have special guests on. That's right. I have friends. I know you're thinking a guy who's in his bedroom who has a roommate who plays the drums doesn't have any friends. And I, that's an accurate guess. But I do. I'll bring on other comedians. Uh, other friends of mine, most of them are in the entertainment world, and uh, we will tackle a theme, and we will talk about what our favorite of that theme is. So if that week's episode is about theme parks, we're going to talk about our favorite theme park, but we're not just going to go into why we love it so much. The episode is about the worst thing at that theme park, the worst ride at your favorite theme park. That's what we're going to talk about. And then for the second half of the episode, we flip the switch. We then talk about what the worst theme park is. And uh, and then we talk about the best ride, because I want to end on a positive note. We talk about what the best ride is at that worst theme park. Because there needs to be more positive stuff in the world. You know what I mean? More people need to try paying for somebody's groceries behind them and that kind of stuff. Actually, that never works, by the way. I've thought about that before when you're in line at the grocery store. You're like, you know what? It's one of those days. I got money. Maybe I should pay for the person behind me. And you look behind you, and it's one of two things. It's either like they have way too many groceries, and you're like, eh, I don't have that much money. Or it's always something like they're buying Skittles and wine. And I'm like, I'm not going to support that behavior. This is a depressed person who needs to find another way to cope. Maybe they should start a podcast. I hear that's all the rage, talking about your day. Well, anyway, I figured because I am a comedian, and you could look at my stuff, you probably should, not right now, finish the podcast. Um, I've done some stuff. I did uh, Hulu and Fox's uh, Laughs. I have a dry bar special, all that kind of stuff. Uh, working comic. You, if you don't know who I am, that tells a lot about me. And uh, if you do know who I am, we'll see. I have some fans. My faniels, as I call them. Well, today's episode, I figure, 
as the first one, and because I felt it was relevant and uh, a, a good way to start, let's talk about comedians. Today's episode is about stand-up comedy, so we're going to talk about what my favorite stand-up comedian is, and then we're going to go into what the worst special of my favorite stand-up comedian is. Let's get right to it, folks. Jim Gaffigan. Man, that guy, I remember hearing about him in high school, seeing him on Comedy Central. Uh, I saw his Comedy Central Presents, which was a little weird. If, if you ever saw that, he was the most Midwestern man I'd ever seen. And I had, like, I grew up in Fresno, California. I'd never been to the Midwest before. And all I ever pictured was, like, all the, like, Everybody looks the same. That's honestly what I picture. Like, I do. I know one person, well, I knew one person who was from the Midwest, and everyone I ever met after that looked like that guy. Like, honestly, like, every girl I saw looked like that guy. Every guy looked like the guy. Even the babies came out, and I'm just like, that looks like my friend Jeff. And I just pictured corn, lots of corn. Well, when Jim Gaffigan came out, I was like, this guy looks like Jeff. <laughs> he just looks like a normal Midwestern guy. But his jokes were so good. He rocked that Comedy Central Presents so hard. And then his special came out Beyond the Pale. It was so good. And I was looking it up before this, doing a little bit of research. Because, I, I mean, I love that. One of my favorite specials of all time was Beyond the Pale. That was his sixth stand-up album. Isn't that crazy? For those of you who are non-comics out there, that's how this works. It's crazy to think about because we always think about these guys who we've never heard of, uh, or these women we've never heard of, it being like, oh, this is the American dream. This is their first special. And then you find out they've done five before that. That's how long it takes to get good at stand-up comedy. People think it's just like, oh, you come out of the gate, you're funny. Yeah, I got stories at parties. I tell people stuff all the time. Everybody, everybody wants to hear my story about how I barbecued naked out in the rain one time. And then you go out there, you tell that bit, and everyone loves you, and you become a superstar. No, this guy worked so hard to get there. Sixth album, Beyond the Pale. As far as I know, he hadn't done any specials before that, at least full specials. Um... So that was his first special six times before he got it. Five times before he got it, I guess. It was such a good album. Um, Beyond the Pale, if you don't know, is the one that had the Hot Pocket bit, which just, like, sent him into superstardom. It was it was just so tight. Guy had so many, like, just solid. There was no fat in that. Not to make another Midwestern reference, but it was all corn. You know what I mean? Just all hearty, nutritious corn. And even the poop, even the bad stuff, still had the corn in it. You know what I mean? It was just so well written. And everybody remembers the Hot Pockets bit, but there were so many other good bits from that special. Even just how he came out. He always he always has strong introductions. First thing out of his mouth is always a joke. And I know that's like kind of comedy 101. It's like an old school thing, but it, very few comics actually still do that. He rocked it, man. He really did. Then King Baby came out. That was his next special. And it was still good. 
it was still super good. I, I it might have been. It's up there with Beyond the Pale with me. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's it's very close. But I think a lot of that has to do with that was my first time. I actually saw him on tour at the Wiltern in Los Angeles. Um, just kind of a famous place out here. For those of you who don't know, I am I'm in LA. Um, yeah, that's why I mentioned earlier. I was like, oh, I live in a neighborhood that's quiet. It's because every other neighborhood, um, it, everyone just gets shot. If you ask them for a cup of flour, they will shoot you and then maybe bake a cake with that flour. I don't know. Is that what flour is used for? I'm going to find out by the end of this. Anyway, King Baby came out. I went and saw him on tour for that. I randomly, too, I took my friends. We went and we saw him on Jimmy Kimmel that night or the night before or something like that and got a free DVD of King Baby before it came out. That's right. DVDs were out back then. Um... We saw him at the Wiltern. We almost missed the show because my buddy's car started overheating when we were looking for parking. And we were like 18 years old. We didn't know how life worked. You know what I mean? Like now as an adult, I'm just like, yeah, there's certain areas, especially downtown areas, you're just going to have to pay for parking. That's just the way life works. But we're like, nah, we could park for free somewhere. Let's pretend like we're unloading into a restaurant and park in this yellow zone for three hours. We thought for sure we were going to find free parking somewhere. All of a sudden, my buddy's car starts overheating. And I was just like, dude, just pull into that parking structure. And it's like, but it's $15. And it's like five of us. It'd be like $3 each. But we're like, oh, whatever, we got to pay for it. And we pull into this parking structure. My, my buddy's car is just like on fire at this point. It's smoking. And we're, I mean, we're just like looking at our, our phones being like, oh my God, dude, the show started five minutes ago. I do not want to miss this. We paid a lot of money for those tickets and it was freaking Jim Gaffigan. He was on top of the world. He was probably the biggest comedian at that moment, at least. Um, at least one of the top five, definitely that year. And uh, <laughs> we parked the car. My buddy throws the valet the keys and just goes, coolant's in the trunk. And then we run off. And the guy's like, What? And then afterwards, we tipped him like $2, which, hey, man, if you're listening, valet guy, I'm so sorry about that. We were so, we were kids. I We didn't know how that worked. We'd never, none of us had ever valet parked a car. I mean, my buddy drove a Saturn van. I don't, I didn't even know those existed at the time. Uh, definitely sure they don't exist now. Um we had definitely never valeted that car, let alone a smoking car that was on fire. But we made it in the perfect time. And that show was so good. I remember he, he did his, his full special before, we had, before it had come out. We had seen it because we had the DVD. And then he came back for an encore where he did the Hot Pockets bit. And then he ended with dirty jokes. He went blue, which was like Gaffigan. You dirty man, you filthy man, you. And it was so funny. The, the whole thing, you got a standing O at the end. It was just like, it was so good. So I had a lot of, I had high expectations for Gaffigan. He then came out with Mr. Universe. That was his next special. Which, that was the one that was, it was like five bucks online or something. I just remember it was online because Louis C.K., R.I.P., um, came out with a special online and then that became like, maybe this is the next big thing. And I think maybe like Aziz Ansari or Patton Oswalt were, were like one of the next ones to kind of do, one of the next big comics to do that. 
And, um, and so Gaffigan did it. And I remember thinking like, all right, Gaffigan's on top of it, man. This guy's like, he knows what's hot. And if putting your special online out, out online is, is the hot thing to do, you know, this corn man who looks like Jeff from the Midwest is doing that. And so I had high expectations, man. And the special was okay. He changed it up a little bit. He he talked about his kids. I want to say for the first time. I don't remember if he did that very much in King Baby. If he did, it wasn't as much as he did in, in Mr. Universe. And he had some solid jokes. He didn't have that hitter. Like in, in Beyond the Pale, he had Hot Pockets. In the second one, he talked about bacon, which like is just such a funny bit. And in this one, it was like, I feel like he didn't have, I can't even pinpoint like what the best bit was from that special. But it was solid. If Beyond the Pale was a 10 and King Baby was a 9, this one was a 7 or an 8. It was a good special. And then Obsessed came out. That was his next special. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about, which is the point of this. Gaffigan, who's my favorite comedian, came out with one of the worst specials. I mean, I don't know what the guy was thinking. Looking back, because like I said, I did some research, I realized that this was the first special that he did that came out two years instead of three years after the previous one. So it did feel like he rushed it, and I think he sort of did. I think he probably had some sort of pressure, because I, I don't know what Obsessed came out on. Uh, like, like I said, the previous one, Mr. Universe, that was an online special. We were all about that at that time. We were like, the internet's the future. And the little we did we know, um, Jeff Bezos was the future. And Elon. Now, I don't, people don't really put him out online anymore. I mean, people are putting him on YouTube, but like not that whole, go on my website, pay $5, give me an NFT. Um, that didn't happen, of course. Um, yeah, so Obsessed came out, which is my, which is the worst... Special from my favorite comedian. It really is. I was, I was skimming through it again this morning, and it's just every special was a little bit different. Beyond the Pale was sort of like, hey, I'm the like Midwestern super white white guy. King Baby was like, I don't know. I guess a little bit more of that. But he took it a step further, it felt like. And then Mr. Universe was about having kids and being the dad, and then Obsessed was just all about food, which I guess is in the title, but he had done the food thing so many times, and I feel like this is something that I've I've been dealing with a little more, because I, I recorded my first stand-up album. I'm about to record my second, so I got four more before it becomes a special, and I become famous, apparently. Not on that number six yet. But when you go from your first to your second, you have to decide what was my comedy special and what is me as a comedian. So you go, am I the skinny comedian? That's all I ever talk about? Or was that the I'm the skinny comedian special? And this next one is about divorce or something. I'm not married, by the way. I wouldn't mind getting divorced, though. I feel like Gaffigan made a crucial decision in that point that like oh that wasn't the food special or he doesn't have food he's the food guy now i checked it out 12 out of the 19 tracks because they make an album out of the special 12 
of the the album tracks were about food. 12 out of 19. And it, it it's that's too many, right? I don't have that many opinions about food. And I know it's funny at first because that's sort of what the Hot Pockets bit was about. It's like, this guy's still going on about Hot Pockets. How funny is that? But when you're on the fourth special after, their third special after that, it's like, all right, man, we get it. Food is weird. It felt like too much. They, he had, those other seven tracks were honestly the best tracks on the album. His closer which is about Mount Rushmore, taking his kids to Mount Rushmore, and how, about like, now when you mention Mount Rushmore, no one cares. But back in the day, if you mentioned you went to Mount Rushmore, it was like, everyone was like, oh my god, you saw that? That's so crazy! It, it's a super funny bit, and I get why he closed with it, but it's not about food. And it felt like that is when he sort of advanced his art form a little bit. I have this theory about comedy that you're not going to care about it all unless you're a comedian. But I think there's different levels to jokes, all right? And, and the levels aren't necessarily better. And as, all, as comics, we have jokes in our act that are all, all over the place, all different levels. But it goes like this. Basically, a level one joke is funny. It gets a laugh, all right? That's all it takes to be a level one joke. You get a laugh, that counts as a level one joke. Level two, which, by the way, every level has to have the level before it. So level two has to get laughs, but then on top of that, level two presents an interesting premise, all right? It presents an interesting problem or an interesting issue or an interesting question, an interesting topic. Level three does both those things, and then it provides an interesting solution, right? So... Not only do you say like, uh, God, now I gotta, now I gotta come up with an example. Dang it, I didn't think this far ahead. But it's just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think, uh, God, man, this is bad. Uh, I don't know if this is an interesting premise, so I don't know if this counts for the level two part. But if it's just like, I got a neighbor who plays the drums, man. What like what what do we? What who chooses that as an instrument? Okay, whatever. Let's say that it gets a laugh. You know, let's say I have a joke with that. It's an interesting premise. Level three would be go be going. You know what? You, you know what is an interesting. You know what they should do instead. Bam! Now you have your solution, right? That's a level three type of joke. And a level four is a joke that does all of those things, and and in the end, brings it all together with a much larger theme, right? And only the greatest comedians of all time do that. That's very hard to do. To be like, the bit itself is interesting, it's funny, and it offers an interesting solution that we've never thought of before as an audience. But on top of that, it's got a larger message that goes into this whole special or act as a whole. Those are hard to do. Not every joke is going to be that way. Sometimes it's fine to have a level one joke. And I feel like Gaffigan's food jokes are all level one jokes, which, like I said, it's fine to have a few of those. But he had 12 out of 19 because it's not an interesting premise to say hot dogs are weird. That doesn't enter. That's not an interesting premise. It's funny. It gets laughs. He always gets laughs. The man is very funny. He knows how to write a joke. But when you have 12 out of 19 tracks that are about hot dogs are weird. Broccoli is weird. 
Have you ever had Chinese food? That's weird. It it gets tedious after a while. And then he goes into jokes like the Mount Rushmore, and it's so good and so interesting that you're just like, whoa, what the, we were doing level one jokes this whole time. Now you hit a level three, possibly a level four, but it, he didn't have enough jokes, I felt like, that brought the theme together. And I know that's really inside baseball, but it just wasn't good, man. I don't know. I didn't like the special at all. It felt like I was like, dang, is he the food comedian now? Because his opener, like I said, he's always good about walking on stage and having like a very interesting first line was just like, I'm fat. That's what he said. And you're just like, okay, you talked about this in the last three. And like, that was the whole joke. And the crowd eats it up. No pun intended. This crowd, I mean, this, I mean, let's be honest. It's a lot of like, it's, the Walmart of crowds, you know what I mean? And if you don't know what that means, you're probably part of the Walmart of crowds. But they just, I mean, they were just like eating it up and it sort of fed into, again, no pun intended. Um, I think what Gaffigan thought was like, oh, this is a good special. Later on, he did better specials where he talked about his wife um, had, was it cancer? I believe she had cancer. And that was just like, whoa, man, like Gaffigan's getting deep here and it was still funny he got better over time but obsessed was definitely the worst special gaffigan had so far love the guy if you're listening jim you're great and and like i said this whole podcast it's not about being negative that's why i also want to talk about one of my least favorite comics larry the cable guy larry we know you're not cable guy we know you're a comedian right he's he hasn't worked in cable i think in a very long time who you fooling larry and also i like there's yeah there's like larry david how many larry's are there out there there's not many if he just went by larry we'd be like okay i know who that is you know what i mean yeah it's not an oprah name which is like there's that there's no other oprahs that i know which by the way no one's tried that no one's been like hey i'm oprah Jones, I'm a different Oprah. I don't think many Oprahs. Get, how, how come I, I've never? Does anyone out there it, comment on this? If you know another Oprah, or a Stedman, let's be honest there. How'd she find the one guy with a weird name? That's what I want to know. This is the conspiracy theory no one's talking about that we should be talking about. Anyway, Larry the Cable Guy, not a fan. And um, it's just, you know, out of the, the Redneck crew, he was always the worst one. Always. Everyone else, I felt like um, Ron White, obviously, was super funny. Um, uh, Bill Ingvall yeah, had good jokes. I mean, Jeff Foxworthy was like sort of the, you know, the leader of the, the crew. And then it was just like, oh, they brought their friend Larry for some reason. Um, he's just, this is not my favorite, but I will tell you guys that I was in a festival in Laughlin, Nevada about, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, something like that. And Larry was one of the, sorry, Larry, the cable guy. If you didn't know which Larry, you didn't know which Larry I was talking about. Larry, the cable guy, um, was the headliner of this festival. And I went and watched the show, 
And it was a show where I didn't have a show that night, which is sort of rare. I'm always working at nighttime. And so I kind of, I rarely drink because I have a rule for myself that I don't drink when I'm going to a show or I have a show. I never drink before a show and I never drink um, when I drive. So, and I'm always like driving home after that or driving to the hotel or something. So uh, I just normally don't drink. Well, I didn't have anywhere else to be. The hotel was a walk. It's Laughlin, Nevada. I had a lot of reasons to drink. All right. If you've ever been to Laughlin, you're probably drunk right now, just so you can hope to forget about that. Well, I drank and went with some other friends of mine who were, who were comedians in the festival to this show and saw Larry the Cable Guy. I knew, I went in being like, this guy's going to suck, man. I was anti-Larry walking into it. The crowd was full. It was all his fans. It was an outdoor venue. This guy brought down the house, man. This guy murdered so hard. And yes, every single joke that Larry did was a level one joke. All right? It got laughs. That was about it. There's really no meat to it. Very vegan. But it got a lot of laughs. The thing is, I was so impressed with how many freaking jokes this guy has. So yes, he's one of the worst comedians in my mind in terms of people who are famous and and popular and stuff. But I couldn't help but be so just impressed. Not, Not just as a comedian, but as an audience member. Just like, I mean, the guy did probably like 500 jokes in and out, and it was just like, bam, 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 bam. Like, there wasn't a breath in between a joke. It was it was constant, rapid fire. And I was a, I was a little uh, white girl wasted, had some of the white claws, little too many. And I, I ended up finding out where Larry was, Larry, sorry, Larry the Cable Guy, if you're confused again, um... Where he was going to hang out after the show. Found out he was going to a bar. So I was like, I'm going to that bar. <laughs> and in classic drunk fashion, I didn't tell any of my friends that I was leaving or where I was going. So this next thing they knew, I found out later, they were just like, um, where's Daniel? The show just ended. Meanwhile, I'm walking to the bar just like, I got some stuff to talk about with Mr. Cable Guy. I get to the bar and sure enough... He shows up like 30 seconds later. And I think it's Laughlin, Nevada. So no one is, like, no one wants to be seen, all right? It's one of those places, everyone has their hat down because they're just like, yes, I'm playing bingo for the seventh time using my social security check, and I'm out of money. I just sold my daughter so that I could play this Keno game. It's one of those towns. And so I don't think anyone was expecting Larry the Cable Guy to just walk into the bar. So no one even really recognized him, even though he's dressed like he was wearing the Larry the Cable Guy outfit, which I'm just like, dude, you're a famous guy. You got some balls going out in public, not wearing, I don't know, like a fake mustache or something. So I go up to him and in, again, I'm a little buzzed. I go, Larry. And he doesn't turn because I'm like, oh, Larry, the cable guy. People got to know who he, you got to say his full name, apparently. I was like, hey, man, I, I just saw your show. And he's like, oh, yeah. Rah, rah, rah. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm a, a comedian also. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're in the pan. Um, I, I don't know. I was drunk, so I could understand it. It was one of those, it was like the Charlie Brown 
like teacher speak, but somehow I knew what he was saying. That's that's what <laughs> for all the bad that alcohol has, that's the one good thing. Sometimes you can just read lips clearer than you've ever read them before. I knew exactly what he was saying. He uh I go, hey, I I'm not really a fan. I don't think you're very funny. And then he just totally breaks his voice and in his regular normal voice goes, Okay. Because I don't know if you know this, he's a character. His real name's like Dan or Daniel something. And, uh, again, maybe he doesn't have a last name. Um, he breaks his voice and just goes, okay. And I was like, but, man, your show tonight, I was so impressed. And I started talking about uh, to him about how, just how amazing it was, how many jokes that he did and how hard he killed and... I asked him about uh, where he, I was like, you have so much stuff. Where do you try this out? Because I don't see you. I'm in LA. You're not dropping in at the clubs. You're not going in at open mics or, you know, doing special appearances at, at bar shows and trying out a bunch of new stuff. The guy just does arena. So I was like, where do you try this stuff at? And he was just like, honestly, man. And now he's talking to me normally because I dehumanized him or decable guide him. I, uh, he was like, honestly, man, I, he goes, I, I just, uh, I do it at the arena shows. He goes, I just, I fit it in the middle. I put in a bunch of new stuff and I was like, oh, wow. You know, we were talking for a little bit and I was like, can I get a picture? And he's like, yeah, sure. He was one of the nicest guys that I'd ever met. And great. Keep in mind, I started off the conversation by being like, I don't like you, <laughs> which he very easily could have punched me in the face with his million dollar hands and uh called it a day but uh he didn't man he took a picture with me he's smiley on it uh, i posted it on my instagram if you ever want to see you gotta scroll down you tell me what year it was because i really don't know it was probably like seven eight years ago something like that i take a picture with him um and then i leave and i finally met up with my friends they're like dude where were you and i was like I had a few things I had to tell Larry, the t- cable guy, and they're just like, "What?" And I, uh, yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I kind of told him I didn't think he was funny, but that I was very impressed," which is sort of the point of this. That show was very, very good. His set was very, very impressive, and I still don't think he's, you know, he's definitely not my favorite comedian. He's definitely in in the lower um, part of the list of comedians in terms of uh, how good I think they are, but I can't deny how impressive that was. The guy has chops. He knows his audience. And uh, props, Larry. Props, Larry the Cable Guy. That show was better than Jim Gaffigan's Obsessed special, and Jim's one of my faves. Folks, uh, that's all I got for you on this episode. I, I, I will be doing this, I don't really know. It might be weekly. Um, I know I should definitely end this by saying, like, you can catch me every day at this time. I haven't decided any of that yet. I know that you can go on my website. I'm very active on social media telling people when the next podcast will come out. So it'll definitely be in writing. And who knows? It'll probably be in the description of this. I'll probably decide in the next 10 seconds uh, once my roommate starts playing the drums and I get very angry at him and uh, just go into work mode to try to focus on anything else. But uh, I appreciate you listening to my first podcast. This has been your worst favorite podcast. I'm Daniel Eaches. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.
Thanks for listening to the episode. One more thing. If you have five extra seconds today, Google trigeminal neuralgia. You have no idea how to spell that. But type it in on Google. Google will tell you. TN is a terrible condition that so many people have and no one is talking about. So let's raise awareness for it. That way enough people care that we push to find a cure.